Well, turn in your Bibles to Leviticus 23. We're continuing our study of the Feast of Israel. And somebody would say, well, why in the world would we study the Feast of Israel? Because the Feast of Israel really foreshadows about Jesus and those kind of things. So we always raise the question to start, but why would God give these holy days to the na- these holy days or holidays to the nation of Israel? One, it set them apart as a nation. It reminded them of his great acts, power and protection, uh, you know, Passover and all those kind of things. But it actually looked forward to the Messiah. And as we study, it, since a lot of things have already happened, we can look back and say, wow, Jesus died on Passover, just like the Passover lamb, and we can see how that ties together. We've been looking, first of all, we have seen three feasts. We've seen Passover, unleavened bread, and first fruits. Jesus died on Passover, unleavened bread is a picture of a perfect life, and first fruits is resurrection. Jesus rose on first fruits. So if you look at it that way, you go, wow, it's tied together. Well, what about this next one? This next one's called the Feast of Pentecost, and it's special to us because if you you read in Acts chapter 2, the church age began, or the church, the, the body of Christ began on the Feast of Pentecost. Well, what did this feast mean to the Jewish people? What does it mean to us? How does it fit together? We'll see it as we go through. Well, when you think about the war that's going on with Israel and the world, people are always talking about, oh, man, this is the end, this time, end time events, rapture's going to happen, those kind of things. I have people come up and say, you know, all the things that happen, you can tell these are the signs of the rapture. Well, the, the truth is this, there are no signs for the rapture. There are many signs for the second coming of Jesus Christ to establish the kingdom. There's no signs for the rapture. It could happen any second. Part of the problem is when people read things like Ezekiel and Daniel, and they see things, and they say, that's dealing with the church. But the truth is this. Church is not mentioned in the Old Testament. The church is a mystery. So let's talk about it. Let's, let's see how that fits together. Because if you study the Old Testament and you study and, and you'll see something about a coming of Christ in the clouds or a coming of Christ to the earth, that's not rapture at all because the rapture only deals with the church and the church is never mentioned in the Old Testament. We're going to see how all this ties together, especially dealing with the Feast of Israel and the Feast of Pentecost because we know that the church, we, the body of Christ, began on the Feast of Pentecost. So we'll see why in the world would that happen? And what would the Jewish people think about that? Well, let, let's see how it goes. We've been looking at Leviticus chapter 23, and then we're going to look a little bit later at Leviticus 25, and we're seeing the feast days, and we said that there are five different types of feasts that we find in the Scripture given to the Jews. There's a weekly feast called the Sabbath, monthly feast called the New Moon Feast, yearly feast. There were seven of them in Leviticus 23, but there are more than seven yearly feasts. We'll talk more about that. Then there were nine yearly feasts. There were different feasts. Some happened every, 40, uh, every seven years, and some happened every 50 years. And then there was some special feast, like a wedding feast and some things like that, that we're going to talk about. Just for fun to go through them as we go through how this and how it all ties together. So today we're going to be looking at the Feast of Pentecost. That's Luke, uh, uh, Leviticus 23. So let's start and let's think about how did the Jewish people look at the feast? Okay, what are the three we've seen so far? What are they? Passover, unleavened bread, and... First fruits. Okay, how would a Jewish person look at Passover? Whenever they saw Passover, whenever they did Passover, they thought God delivered us from Egypt. That the, we took the lamb, killed the lamb, put the blood on the door, and God delivers from Egypt. When they saw the, the, the next day, the 15th through the 21st, was the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Unleavened always had that idea of no sin, and they thought about they're supposed to live righteous lives as God's people. And then they saw first fruits and first fruits was in that week. And they always thought of first fruits as the very first out of the ground, how that God 
bless them, and this is the first produce out of the land. So they would say, Passover, we go back to Egypt, unleavened bread, holy life, first fruits, the first out of the ground. But what did we find out that happens? What did what together? Well, on the 14th day of the pass, uh, the 14th day of the first month is Passover. Jesus Christ died on what day? What he died on Passover. He's our Passover lamb. 15th through the 21st was unleavened bread. Jesus lived a righteous, sinless, perfect life. Believers are supposed to live a righteous lifestyle. The feast of first fruit, which follows the Sabbath of the week, what happened on that day? What happened on first fruits? Jesus rose from the grave because he's the first one out of the grave, the first one to rise from the grave, never to die again. So when we look through this, we go, wow. For the Jewish people, they saw one thing, but what we see is it all ties into Jesus, how he died on Passover, how he lived the sinless life, and how he rose from the grave on the Feast of first fruits. Well, we've got another feast, and it's called Pentecost. And we say, well, Pentecost, and it's got several names. Let me just show you this. It's called the Feast of Weeks in Exodus 34. It's called the Feast of the Harvest in Exodus 23. It's called the Day of the First Fruits, not First Fruits, but the Day of the First Fruits in Numbers 28, verse 6. So it's got a different name. And when you say the name Pentecost, we say, what does that mean? Well, we realize that Pentecost is a Greek name that means what? It means 50. Why was it called Pentecost? Well, what we find out from the Jewish idea is they would count 50 days from the, the day after the Sabbath, and when they counted those 50 days, then they had another feast. So they had Passover, unleavened bread, first fruits, count 50 days, and you have the Feast of Pentecost, which means 50. And so we would say, here's the two things we're going to ask. What would the Jewish people think about Pentecost? What was it called? Why did they do it? And then, what does it mean to us? Okay, because that's what we've been doing. So let's talk about it. The Feast of Pentecost, we're going to look at four things. We're going to look at the time that Pentecost happened. We're going to look at the offerings. We're going to look at the traditions connected with it. And then we're going to see that there's a mystery. So let's start with the time. When was the Feast of Pentecost? Well, look at this. This is Leviticus 23, verse 15. Look what it says. You shall also count for yourselves from the day after the Sabbath. That means on the Sunday, the first fruits. From that day, you've brought the sheaf of the wave offering. There shall be seven complete Sabbaths. You shall count 50 days to the day after the seventh Sabbath, and you shall present a new grain offering to the Lord. So Pentecost happened when? 50 days after first fruits. Now, Jesus died on Passover. He lived a sinless life. He rose from the grave on what day? What feast? First fruits. Now, we count 50 days from then, and you have a feast called Pentecost. Well, what does it mean? What did it mean to the Jews? What were they thinking? Well, they had offerings, and they offered two loaves of bread. In fact, if you, if you read through it, it, it says um, in verse 17, You shall bring in from your dwelling places two loaves of bread for a wave offering. You know what a wave offering is? You all know what that is? They would take the two loaves of bread, they would before God, and they would wave it. Like, this is offered to God, these two loaves. Now, what kind of bread was in the Feast of Unleavened Bread? Unleavened. Well, what about this bread? Let's look at it. It says, you shall bring from your dwelling place two loaves of bread for a wave offering made of two tenths of an ephah. They shall be of fine flour baked with what? With leaven. As first fruits to the Lord. With leaven. And so what we notice here is there's two loaves of bread and they're baked with leaven, which 
is unusual, right? So what are these loaves in their mind? What did it mean to them? And what does it mean to us? We've already seen Passover meant to them coming out of Egypt. Passover means to us Jesus is our Passover limb. The Feast of Unleavened Bread meant to them sinless life, and it pointed to Jesus. The Feast of First Fruits meant first fruits out of the ground, but to us it means resurrection. Well, what did Pentecost mean? Well, we see that on, the, uh, on that 50 days they had two loaves of bread that they offered. And there's more. There's more. If you go read down, it says, along with the bread, you present seven one-year-old lambs and then two rams and a burnt offering. And so they, they listed all these things. But the question that I want to raise for all of us is, why two loaves? And I look down at verse 20. It says, uh, it says, the priest shall then wave them with the bread of the first fruits of the wave offering with two lambs before the Lord and they'll be holy to the Lord. So my question is, what would a Jewish person think when they offered these sacrifices, but they took two loaves of bread with leaven, which is very unusual, and waved them before the Lord? What did it mean to them? And we already know what the other things meant to them. Well, let's think about what was, this. by the way, that last day was a holy convocation, which meant what? That day is a Sabbath day. And when we say Sabbath, it doesn't mean Saturday. It means a rest day. So the Feast of Pentecost was a rest day. And so here's what we find in the tradition. There were three things that they had for tradition for the Feast of Pentecost. They connected it with the harvest. Naturally, First fruits was the first out of the ground. The Feast of Pentecost, 50 days later, they're bringing a lot more out of the ground. That's what they're saying. They also connected it with the law. And I want you to understand that after the destruction of the temple, Jewish people uh, believed that God gave the law on the Feast of Pentecost. And so for them, it was a law thing. They, they would celebrate and say, uh, God gave the law on the Feast of Pentecost. And then the third thing was the book of Ruth. And they read the book of Ruth. Now, out of all the books you could read in the Bible, let's say Old Testament for them, why the book of Ruth? Out of all the books that could be read, why? Because what happened in the book of Ruth? What happened? A Jew and Gentile come together. Is that not right? Who's the Jew? Boaz. Who's the Gentile? Ruth. And you remember the story? And Ruth was there and she married and he died. And they came back and Ruth was there and she went into the field of Boaz. And he went, who's that woman? And they began. And before you know it, he had her eating lunch with him. And they ended up getting married. And they're, they're, they're descendants of these two ultimately become King David. Right? And so, Jew and Gentile together. Well, why would they read the book of Ruth on the Feast of Pentecost? Well, maybe it had something to do with Jew and Gentile coming together. Maybe that's what it was. Well, there is a mystery. Are you ready? Here's the mystery. The mystery was connected with the law, and they asked these questions. We, why are there two loaves? Why were they leavened? And why do we focus on the book of Ruth? We know, don't we? We already know. You probably already have figured it out. Now, for them, they would say, well, the two loaves with leaven, we don't know. Uh, the harvest, yeah, we got that one. Giving to the law, well, we got that one. Reading the book of Ruth, we're not so sure, right? 
What happened on the Feast of Pentecost? Let's talk about the fulfillment. Just turn with me to the book of Acts. Just flip over there. And we're going to see this. We're going to see what happened. Acts chapter 2. This is the beginning of the church. And so we're going to see how it fit together. And by the way, did Jewish people or did anyone in the Old Testament know there was going to be a church? Who is the church made up of? We don't say any believer in this age, but it made up of two groups. What two groups? Jew and Gentile. Does that sound familiar? Didn't we just say something about the book of Ruth that was the story of a Jew and a Gentile coming together? Does this beginning to go, wait a minute? Yeah. So let's see it. Look at the fulfillment. And we're going to see... Uh, Let's see how it fits together. Look at Acts chapter 2, verse 1. Now, when the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. Well, who is this? These are the believers. There are about 120 of them that are still in Jerusalem after Jesus died and rose again. By the way, Jesus died and rose again, and he walked on the earth for how many days? Anybody know? 40 days, okay? Now, this is the feast of Pentecost. If Jesus rose on first fruits, Pentecost is how many days from first fruits? 50. And if Jesus walked on the earth for 40 days and ascended to heaven, how long has it been since Jesus rose and ascended into heaven? 10 days. We know exactly what happened. This is the Feast of Pentecost. 10 days after Jesus left from the Mount of Olives. Do you remember? He left from the Mount of Olives. And what we've been seeing in the book of Revelation is Jesus Christ left from the Mount of Olives. Where is he coming back on his second coming? The Mount of Olives. So here we go. It's the Feast of Pentecost. It says, now on the day of Pentecost, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all together in one place. So this is it. They're, they're all together. Everything looks like it's, it's going to go really good. This is 10 days after Jesus ascended into heaven. And watch. what This is, this is going to be the beginning of the church. Look what happens. And suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent wind. Now, it doesn't say it was a violent wind. It said it was a noise like a wind. And the whole house was filled and where they were sitting. And there appeared to them tongues of fire, flames of fire, distributing themselves and rested on each one of them. They're in this room and it sounds like wind. It's not wind. It sounds like wind. And suddenly these things of fire go above every one of these people's heads. And they're all looking around like, you, you got fire above your head. Well, you do too. And they began to look. And then what happened? And they were all what? Filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began to speak with other tongues, other languages, as the Spirit had given them utterance. This is some miraculous thing. Jesus told them, do not leave Jerusalem until the promise of the Father has come. Anybody remember what the promise of the Father was? Promise the Father, he's going to send the Holy Spirit. It's going to come upon them and put them together. And that together is Jew and Gentile in what? One body called the church. So this is a foreshadow where the Jewish people would raise two loaves of bread, both of them with leaven. Are we sinless or with sin? With sin. So two loaves of bread that picture us and they're waving them and you say, what are you doing that for? And they go, I don't know. Because church was a mystery. And so here on the day of Pentecost, they're all in this upper room, and this happens, and they, of course they go out there. And what we see is the offerings are what? It's the picture of the Jew and the Gentile in one body, because I guarantee you on that day there were people out there with these two loaves of bread fulfilling what they thought they were supposed to do. And, and, and so notice the tradition 
And the tradition is that the harvest, it was 50 days from first fruits. It was the beginning of the church. What happened on that particular day? Since this was supposed to be a day of big harvest, remember? First fruits, the first thing out of the ground. 50 days later, we're getting a lot of stuff out of the ground. What happened on that day of the Feast of Pentecost when the church age was formed? What happened on that day? Three thousand people believed a great harvest on the first day if you remember they were there and they were speaking in all these different languages and people began to all come together jews from all over and they said how in the world is that guy speaking my language my dialect is what it literally says and they were all hearing them and it says they were proclaiming the wonderful works of god which is what jesus did how he died and rose again and before that day was over i Huge number of them believed in Jesus Christ. And Peter gets up and he talks and he talks about how David talked about things. He said, but bottom line is, you know, he's, he's the one. And so it says in verse 41, And those who had received his word were baptized, and that they were added about 3,000 people, a great harvest. The feast of first fruits was the very first thing out of the ground. That's Jesus. Fifty days later is the feast of Pentecost. Jew and Gentile together, and a great harvest came that day. 3,000 people believed. Did you know that Jesus said something that you, you, you don't grasp? You know what he told? He told the disciples, you're going to do much greater things than I did. And you go, oh, wait a minute, he's God, and he healed people. And how are we going to do greater things? They went all over the world with a message of Christ. He never left Israel. We don't know how many people actually believed in Jesus Christ before he died and rose again and ascended in heaven. But we already know on the Feast of Pentecost, 3,000 people believed in one day. So when Jesus said, you're going to do greater things, he meant it. He meant it. So the tradition is, is a big harvest. And since they thought it was also something to deal with the law, what did they think? They thought on that day God gave the what? The law. Well, look at this. The law, the age of the law is now being replaced by the age of what? Grace. That's us. Are we under Mosaic law? Is the church under Mosaic law? Have we ever been under Mosaic law? No. In fact, the law started with Moses and ended with Jesus Christ when he died. Because he said, he said, this is the blood of the new covenant. That's what we see. It's incredible. It's incredible how perfect it is. And let me show you the last thing. And by, by the way, so, so Jews and Gentiles become one body, the church. The two loaves of bread with leaven in them represent the Jew and the Gentile coming together into one body. Now, why didn't they know that? They could have figured out maybe that the, that the Lamb of God, the Messiah, might die on Passover and maybe, maybe he would rise on first. But how could they, how could they figure out that the two loaves of bread basically were Jew and Gentile to coming together in one body and that God was going to form the church on that day. How could they figure that out? Guess what? They couldn't have. It was a mystery. Let me show you something. The church began on Pentecost as a mystery. So what I want you to do is turn to Ephesians, okay? Ephesians chapter 3. Just kind of keep flipping in your Bible, going back. Galatians and Ephesians and look what Paul says. He says the church was a mystery. The church was a mystery. Listen, let me just tell you something. 
that if you start with Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, you know, and you go through the whole Old Testament, there will never be one mention of the body of Christ and the church and the Jew and the Gentile in one body. Never one mention of it. In fact, this is what Paul says. Look what he says in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 4. He says, by referring to this, when you read, you can, uh, ha- you can understand my insight into the mystery of Christ. What mystery? Verse 5, which in other generations was not made known to the sons of men, and has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets in the Spirit. So he said, now what exactly is it? Watch. To be specific, that the Gentiles are fellow heirs and fellow members of the body and fellow partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. He says, Jews and Gentiles are now coming together. See, because Jewish people always said, we're God's chosen people and we're the main ones. Now he says, this was a mystery that God was going to actually take these Gentiles and these Jews and bring them together in one body. Wow. And look at this right here. Ephesians 2. But now in Christ Jesus, you who previously were far away, Gentiles, have been brought near by the blood of Christ, for he himself is our peace, who made both groups, what groups? Jews and Gentiles into one, and broke down the barrier, the dividing wall. The barrier was the law. Watch this. And he might reconcile them both in one body to God. What's the one body? The church, exactly, through the cross by having put to death the enmity. He basically saying God brought them together. What day did he do it on? Pe- uh, on Pentecost. They didn't even think about it. They didn't understand that. They would have never known it because it was a mystery. So if you went to the Jewish people while they're doing the Feast of Pentecost and you said, what are you doing? We said, we're taking two loaves of bread that have leaven in them and we're waving before God and we're doing these sacrifices. What's this all about? Well, it's a big harvest. Uh, it's the day God gave us the law, and of course, we always read the book of Ruth. Why? We don't know. We don't know why we read the book of Ruth. And what's the story of the book of Ruth? Jew and Gentile coming together. And so now when they look at it on the Feast of Pentecost, Paul later writes and says, listen, nobody understood that the church was going to be Jew and Gentile in one body, that there was going to be such a thing. That's why when Jesus in Matthew said... You are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. That's the first time they ever heard that. They never even heard of that. You could have seen them saying, oh, church, what are you talking about? Because that's what they thought. They thought, what are you talking about? In his future. The church didn't start till the day of Pentecost. So, what do we see? The one body, the church, the mystery, both Jews and Gentiles in one body, the two loaves of bread coming together. So what do we see about Pentecost? It is a picture of the church. It is the picture of Jews and Gentiles together. And it was a mystery in the Old Testament. Not a mystery to us because Paul wrote about it. And they, uh, they got it pretty quickly when they realized that God had put them together in one body and that Jews and Gentiles were together. And by the way, it took a while. You remember, Peter... Peter didn't think that Gentiles should actually be in the church because they weren't Jewish. And God sent a message to him and had that big sheet come down and basically said, what I've called clean, don't you call unclean. And he sent Peter to, to a Gentile, to Cornelius, to lead him to Christ and make them a part of the body of Christ. 
And when Peter came back, the Jews came to him and said, What do you mean going to a Gentile's house and eating with them? And they said, God has saved them and put them with us. And the, Jew, the Gentiles are saved in the same way that we're saved. We're saved in the same way they are saved. We are all one body. That was Peter. And then later Paul wrote about it in, in Ephesians and, and said, You understand the mystery. So, wow, what, what, so think about it. We've seen Passover for the Jews. It was coming out of Egypt. For all of us, it's the death of the Passover lamb, Jesus Christ. Unleavened bread for the Jews, it was sinless life. For us, it's the sinless life for Christ. First fruits for them, it was the very first thing out of the ground. For us, this resurrection is a picture of Jesus Christ. Fifty days later, this Pentecost for them, they said, well, we don't know why we waved the two loaves, but it has to do with the law, has to do with reading the book of Ruth. But for us, we realize that that it was the mystery that had not been told in the Old Testament, but brought together, Jew and Gentile together, in one body, the church on the Feast of Pentecost.